face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Hello and welcome to another episode of Film to Film. My name is Iñaki. I'm here with my good friend James. Hey James, how are you doing? I am well. How are you doing, Iñaki? Doing pretty well, pretty well. Uh, how's, be, how's your week been? Uh, not bad, not bad. I just noticed on my uh, Google chat, I don't know if I pay attention when I say your name, but your name translates, according to Google, to anarchy. I like it. I yeah, it. yeah, I like it I'll, too. I'll start calling you uh, anarchy. What's up, anarchy? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, back in high school, I had uh, like my, my wrestling coach, he would sometimes say anarchy. It's like anarchy, <laughs> get over here. All right, all right. It's like weird. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, have you watched any good movies lately? Uh, you know, I I actually rewatched Halloween recently. Uh, pretty good movie. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a Halloween fan, I'd say. Uh, so yeah, other than that, kind of nothing too noteworthy. What about yourself? Uh. You know, I have actually don't remember what I've seen lately. Um, oh yeah, I saw Army of De- Army of the Dead. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Not too long ago. Um, we talked about that. Not going to be on the podcast, but uh... yes, we talked talked <laughs> about it outside of the podcast. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think um, maybe uh, one minute of Army of Darkness has. Uh, or Army of the Dead, sorry, uh, has more budget than uh, the film we're going to talk about today. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, so yes, the film we talked, uh, we watched to uh, watch this time was uh, La Casa, uh, which is from 2019, although released on 2021, at least in the U.S. Um, so before we jump too much into it, uh, what do you think of it? Uh, you know, uh, I came in with basically no expectations, and there are. This is not a great film by any means, but it's not bad either. Uh, I I was I think it exceeded my fairly uh, my my non expectations. So it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, so I think I've said before in this podcast, I will never choose a movie without watching it first. Uh, and I've broken that promise three times. One time... Uh, <laughs> You've only chosen like 12 movies, so, so that's all <laughs> I, broken promises. <laughs> well, no, well, the promise was made after my the first movie I watched. Okay. Or the first movie we did at the podcast, because I was like, all right, I, I don't know how to talk about it. And then I broke it again for... Um, uh, Promising, Promising Young, Young Woman. Woman, which... Right. That was, makes sense. The, that was... Yeah, exactly. And then... Um, from the uh, for the tigers one, the the Mexican uh-huh. horror, which once again made me think, you know, I should not break break this promise. And then I broke it again with this movie. However, part has to do with the fact that it's like only seventy five minutes long or something like it. So I thought, you know, if it's bad, it'll be short. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel now that you've watched it? Uh I I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, so, I mean, this movie I, I've seen only one other movie by this director. Uh, this mm-hmm. uh, is directed by uh, Jorge Olguin. Um, he is like the 
the horror making mach- horror film making machine in Chile. Um, so he's like the John Carpenter of Chile. A little bit, yeah. Except for he, none of his movies hit the target. None of them. <laughs> uh, so he's like I, a C grade John Carpenter. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I mean, I, I saw his first film, uh, which was um, uh, Angel Negro or Black Angel. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, it was a slasher. Uh, not a good one. But it had some fun, some funny scenes from what I remember. I saw it in theaters. I saw, like, there was a second movie he made, which I waited because he, he kept on being on, like, production hell. And when it came out, I watched it. And I was hella excited. And when I watched it, it was one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen. That was El Caleuche, which is about a ghost ship. I mean, how the fuck can you go wrong? But he did. Uh, because it was just boring. It was just straight up boring. Um, so why did I choose this movie? Because I was like, oh, I saw like I saw it basically on Rotten Tomato. It had a 60%. I saw it on IMDb. It had a 4 or maybe lower. And what I noticed was that the reviews were extremely divided between really between good or bad. And I thought, you know... Let's give him another chance. This is short. Yeah. So where'd you fall? Is this good or bad? I, w- I would say it's 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 good. Okay. It, it's not it's not great. It was a, it's a, it was a good movie. Uh, it's very short. Uh, with lots of lots of errors or lots of like problems, but overall, I think it was a good movie. I think we should probably yeah. jump into the summary though okay yeah let's do it all right so i got this from imdb uh you let me know what you think okay inspired by real events responding to an ur- urgent call for help a police officer becomes trapped by the evil spirits of a cursed house uh i guess it's okay they could have they could have made it even more simpler uh but yeah it's fine I would have actually taken out the inspired by real events. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, the the film touch talks about the house, and the house is real. That is the real house, and there is a bunch of like uh, stories about that house. I've actually been in that house myself. Oh yeah. Did you? uh, Did did the person that you killed in your past come back and uh, haunt you in it? Yes. No. <laughs> uh, now, uh, now, I was there for uh, my dad was filming. I think he was filming something. I forget what. Probably some like, small thing for TV. I mean, that house was often used in the nineties for as a set. I mean, it's a cool set. Um, and I will say that the house is definitely one of the nice things about it. Uh, it it reminds me a lot, um, just because I've been doing a pretty deep dive into European cinema in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. It just reminds me a lot of like old Europe and stuff like that. And uh, you know, there's something just very creepy about this old European look that's very cool looking, but also uh, works very well in these horror movies. Well, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, actually, so that house, it's um, I think its popular name is uh, Casa Dubois. Uh, and it was like by a French family who that hired like a French architect to make that house, you know. Yeah, no, nothing creepier than uh, making it all French. Exactly. So it, it is a creepy ass house. I mean, um, 
but it's it's a cool location though. Uh, the, the the interior does not look at all like what it showed in the movie. Granted that when I saw it, it was already like worked on. Who knows how it looked like in the eighties? <laughs> so they weren't strobing uh, cop lights on it when you were uh, when you were walking through. <laughs> no, nope. Okay, uh, <laughs> missed opportunity. That's the I know. Uh, that's the that's the seven thirty sundown uh, tour of La Casa. Seriously, Dubois. Uh, Dubois. Dubois. <laughs> Dubois. Dubois. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, but beautiful house, beautiful setting. Um, but besides that, you know, what, what going more into the movie, what was the thing that you like that caught most of your attention, like in the movie? Like what, what, you know, jumped out to you? Um, you know, some of the movie, I think, shows itself to feel very, very lo fi, low budget in mm. a way that. I don't necessarily love, but some of it I thought, uh, like the monster is surprisingly good considering mm. the rest of the film feels like super low as well as, uh, you know, some of the makeup and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I liked the creative lighting and the score as well. So I liked a hodgepodge of things. There's some things where I was, I was like, oh yeah, that's a, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure why they're doing it this way. Uh, like it was sort of very found footage style. All right. Uh, we're back. We had a small, uh, issue there oh the, the capitalists over at google are trying to silence our podcast so i, I know i know uh, we fought them back and created another session so take that google i know <laughs> hashtag uh cancel google <laughs> very creative very creative hashtag film to film cancels google there you go. <laughs> yeah yeah uh by using it um I'm, I'm ambitious i like it <laughs> i like it <laughs> Um, so where were we? Oh yes, the ghosts. Um, I, I, I mean the ghosts and the figures. I, I liked uh, the makeup. I think uh, I also think the ghosts. Uh, there was definitely some production work on uh, with the ghosts. At some moments, it sort of felt uh, cheap, but at some moments, it felt you know like they, they had some cool designs, especially the uh, like the the black amorphous creature that you know would attack uh, uh, Arriagada the main character right right um go ahead yeah yeah I was gonna say and sometimes uh I don't know sometimes the film felt very very low budget so maybe it was just a fact of that sort of exceeding my expectations of that I thought the sound design of the creature was also pretty well done. I thought the sound design does a lot of work here. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some uh, times where I thought it was a little bit overdone, uh, some of the effects and stuff like that going on. But for the most part, I thought it worked well and did help to really sell the creature. And that's a really effective way to sell the creature when maybe you don't have uh, quite the uh, high budget that you'd expect from like a, an American Hollywood film or something like that. Right, yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, so going into, you know, how... The the low budget feel is was the filming style part of the, how you why you felt that the movie had a low budget or was it the the fact that the main there's only one act one one character on the screen? Yeah, I you know I didn't love the one take thing. I I don't know why this would choose to do it, and I also don't know that I love the found footage uh, feel to it. I know it's not found footage, but they didn't even like give a reason why it was filmed in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I would have preferred it to uh, be shown, I guess, a little more conventionally uh, in that sense. Um, 
it does i don't know it does create a certain atmosphere so i do think those things created it and you know it's like even from the beginning where he has just like that uh that call call on the payphone mm-hmm. uh to his wife at the beginning part of that it's just like it's such a bare wall and stuff like that and it just feels a little cheap <laughs> if i'm being honest um and there's there's a lot of moments kind of like that right. uh that that it just kind of shows uh its budget that's not to detract from other things i think it does other things quite well but it definitely are are some moments that remind you that this is a very very low budget film probably filmed in a very short amount of time well apparently it was shot like in only three days so yeah i'm not surprised i mean and there you go (laughs) yeah i mean but shooting it in three days and shooting in that manner it does have consequences in terms of the actual final product that we are viewing yeah no definitely i mean I think, um, well, with the wall, it's funny because I'm not sure if I feel like that, that, I mean, that, that shot, I mean, it's particularly, you know, that wall, I mean, it's a wall in that neighborhood where this house is, right? So, I mean, like, what, what else could they have done, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're going to shoot it in this style, I agree. But I mean, I don't know, graffitied it or something. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was like that and it was also just very handheld, I felt like just it, it just felt like there was a cameraman and the actor. And that right. may have been what it was. Uh, but it doesn't feel very uh, – <laughs> it just doesn't feel – very expensive when uh it's like that's all you see for like the first seven minutes or something no for sure um, for sure yeah. and i mean i i no i agree i think if if there was one thing i so i in my view like the the whole like re, quote-unquote real-time style uh, you know i actually didn't mind that and in fact had it been uh had the the camera been steady Mm-hmm. but still done the single style and and actually with the same angle because one thing about this film that I, I actually appreciated and I don't know in which streaming service you watched it I watched it in one that has ads I did as well I think yeah. had we watched it in something without ads it would have been uh, the filming style would have actually with no breaks right uh, would have brought the claustrophobic emotion that I think this director is going for. Because, I mean, the movie is extremely claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, yeah, watching it with the ads is certainly subpar. <laughs> I watched it on Tubi, so I'm guessing you watched it on that or Voodoo as well. Um, but yeah, it, there were some moments where it's like, oh, well, that was inopportune, uh, The just cutting to ads and stuff like that right, right. there. But uh, it is what it is. I think one other detractor, I think you're right that part of the cheapness is probably the handheld part of it rather than necessarily like like the very spare wall uh but it's just the fact that if you're going to shoot in this style you literally cannot cut any of that dialogue um Mm -hmm. in like in the middle uh i i think they would have been better served if they kept the dialogue at the very beginning very spare because it doesn't really say much of anything anyways Mm -hmm. like i would have cut that to like a fifth of what it is and then eventually at the end, it's all revealed to you what actually happens. And that part I was fine with. Uh, I thought that that made sense. Um, but it's like you don't really need all of that stuff at the beginning. Yeah, that's so true. I don't, 
Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I, it kind of set off on a little bit of an awkward foot for me when you're like watching this guy talk on a payphone in front of a wall with a very obviously handheld camera for like six or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he gets in the car, uh, I, I, I do like that part uh, quite a bit better. Yeah, no, yeah, once you're in the car, once you're driving through the neighborhood and then you're at the house, um, you know, it, then it gets a lot better. Uh, and I mean, definitely was an experimental style, I would say, for filming it. Um, again, the, the shakiness was unnecessary, probably. But uh, I do, I pers- I did enjoy the claustrophobic feeling of it. Um, I think it it could have been done without the shakiness, in fact. Yeah. But, of course, that's very technically hard to pull off, especially when you only have three days. So, uh, yeah, makes sense. Right. I agree. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, the music. Uh, the music was actually composed by the same uh, director. Yeah, yeah. That's so, why I was calling him John Carpenter. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> he definitely, like... Uh, that I would say the music in most of most parts works. What about you? I agree. There are some parts where uh, I wasn't sure if that was like supposed to be a sound that uh, the character heard or music. And I didn't like the way that it integrated in those parts. Uh Um, But I did like the music and I thought it was pretty good. In fact, some of it kind of really did sort of remind me of sort of like that tangerine dream sort of like escape from new york uh, vibe that you do get from some of those carpenters very very uh throwback to like 70s uh 80s uh like yeah. synth type stuff and I, I i like that stuff i suspect the director does too uh mm-hmm. if he put it in this way and i think it works quite well especially um i think the scene i really remember the soundtrack kicking in is sort of like when you're uh uh it's either during the flashbacks when you see like all the horrific stuff happening mm-hmm. or right after that um i think it's quite effective uh at those moments yeah i'd say the, the flashbacks I, the, the use of music in the flashbacks were the probably in my opinion the best yeah. um they i mean my problem with music was that it, at some moments uh it spoiled the cues for jump scares yeah to begin with i am not a fan of jump scares but i mean they can be effective sometimes but right. if the if the music is so overdone to to almost like ruin it, then there's something wrong. Uh, uh, so I mean that that those were like my pet peeves with the music. However, uh, in many other moments, uh, the, the its omnipresence was you know anxiety like it would definitely like bring anxiety and then once it gets to the flashbacks out you know it 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 it, it freaks you out a little bit and i think it works it works yeah well. honestly this movie is probably way scarier than it has any business being like i i really didn't think it was going to be that scary and it's not the scariest thing by any means but it has its moments and it does a good job especially with the soundtrack of doing like the thing where it sort of modulates its sound to getting very quiet and mm-hmm. then getting uh, very loud and falling down and stuff like that. So I do think it definitely, uh, this stuff like that is one of the film's primary strengths. Yeah. And besides that, I, I do like the uh, sound effects in many areas. Uh, sometimes the sound effects are, are almost overdone, but to my enjoyment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the, the scene where uh, the, the, the cop, uh, uh, gets impaled 
by whatever thing. Like he's like he's like it's, it's completely impaled, and you have that squishy sound. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a very effective sound, even though it was very overdone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. If anything, this film overdoes it a little bit on the sound effects, but it's kind of charming in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have a major issue with it. I'd rather do it that way than like trying to do it like very soft and uh, sort of like subtly. Yeah, no. I mean, and this movie does not have subtleties. No, no, it doesn't. It's seventy-five minutes is not. You you, you cannot have time for subtleties. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. Uh, what do you think of the pacing of the film? You know, it's a little slow at parts, uh, but it is a seventy-two minute film, uh, so it's fine. <laughs> do you think uh, the random use of slow motion? might have uh, made it feel you know slow so for me less so uh for me it was more just like the scenes where like the beginning scene maybe the beginning scene is just going to be the one i'm going to just keep harping back down to and i get that they can't cut any of it because it's just one take uh but like i would have cut stuff like that uh yeah Mm -hmm. uh for the most part once he's in the house i don't have i'm sure there's some moments that would have been uh, ideally cut but cutting in this format is really really hard too so i yeah yeah no i mean everything has to be basically planned out from before uh, exactly can, yeah. there, there's no improvisation afterwards um right, right. it's kind of like doing a play basically i mean okay i i i can see that uh for me there were moments where i i felt like it slowed down and I think there was a scene where he he looks at documents, or he's like in the room and there's a bunch of documents, and it slowed slowed down for me. And then I realized, wait, this is slow motion. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That scene has no business. I I mean, they could have just cut that scene. Period. <laughs> well, and I will get to the the I, I I wouldn't say that that scene itself was bad. Um. Or I I think for what the director was going for, I think that scene works, but it works for people. Who, this is the part where you know we'll we'll get into later, which is a little bit of the themes that this director I feel like was going for. That one is it's is thematically related. Um, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I get it, but I I guess if it were me, it was just like. Just cut it. <laughs> See, I, I, I probably would just cut it. I, I mean, it, you're right. It has no business being slow-mo. That's for damn sure. Exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't have cut it, but I would definitely not have... Like, I wouldn't have done any slow-mo. Maybe that would have made the movie even even shorter, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, now, last uh, before getting into the themes, uh, the acting, what were your thoughts? Um... It was fine. Uh, I had no real issues with it. I uh, yeah, I thought he was generally decent. Um, yeah. What, what about you? Do you have, I do actually, you have stronger feelings? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I really liked it. Uh, I so the actor uh, Gabriel Caña. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I've seen him on anything else before. Maybe I have. I'm not sure. But uh, I thought he did a really good job because I mean you, uh, you know, you're talking about this is a cop doing. The dictatorship and the guys like uh, the actor does show like a lot of emotions uh, that you know one is not just the dude being like super scared throughout the entire movie which is what right, you right. see in most of the film but you also see him like as being you know a cop that is insecure 
and also a guy who wants to commit suicide. And uh, I feel like he's very believable in all those all those uh, different emotions. Right, and and he also has to work with very minimal dialogue and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. I, I, he was generally pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I believe this shit. Like, I believe that you know that person would be going through that, uh, especially because, I mean, this film had no dialogue <laughs> besides the radio, those radio calls, random radio calls. Right, right. I mean, it's a very spare plot. I mean, it says something that this film is like seventy-three minutes, and we're still like, yeah, they should have cut this and this and this, and it should have been actually sixty-five minutes. <laughs> uh, so it d- tells you that there's not necessarily a lot of dialogue or, or material to work with. And you know, they could have done more with the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have had like. Uh, Sort of like uh, there's an opportunity, to, I guess, especially when he's like before stuff happens to sort of like play some uh, stuff that's going on in like the news or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even even because like they, they sort of allude to, you know, a couple of things. Never spell it out. I mean, I do like the the twist. Personally, I mean, I maybe I don't know. Uh, I, I liked it, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the, in the last 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... That added to, you know, a whole new level to this movie. I think without the twist, this would have been like watching someone play a scary video game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Probably about the same pace, too. Yeah. <laughs> Getting fucked yeah. over once in a while. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, good good cut scenes, you know. <laughs> uh, Some good of. CG on that monster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, in, in, and, and I mean, I would say that could be a fault. But this movie pulls enough weight to make it not a negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so well, so now yes, yeah, so now we're we're gonna go into the theme. So I mean, this or not theme, but like main plot and the twist. So you know, this is this movie is set in the eighties in Chile during the mi- middle of the dictatorship during curfew. Now. That setting was horrible for most people living there. Right. Um, especially because if you were if you were caught uh, breaking curfew, you were automatically believed to be a terrorist. So because of that, you know, like that that extra tension, I would say, for maybe a non-American, uh, not non-Chilean, might might not might be lost. But like that's, I think, the, one of the key factors, right? I mean, the cop is himself is. Uh, every time uh, his the partners are telling him, "Be careful," and that's because all the cops are trained to assume that if someone's out doing shenanigans after curfew, they're probably terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is the tension for the cop, and then, uh, you know, I really like the little visual cues that the movie had. And granted, th- those could have felt be felt like fat. Like for example, the documents room that was sort of trying to recreate the torture uh, rooms because I mean all the torture rooms were not, not just for tortures, right? They were to obtain obtain intel. So there were tons of documents usually where they were torturing people, but like you know you would have the bloody chairs, you would have um, the metal framed beds, 
uh, which were, in, uh, I mean, after human rights investigations, uh, they were commonly used to shock people. And the, mo the whole movie would show you different rooms had like different of these torture apparatuses that uh, were common during the Pinochet's dictatorship. And I thought it was, it was, so it gave you the, those clues to then the final twist, right? Uh, which is the man may, maybe fighting against the first time that he was a torturer and that he killed someone. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because in some ways, uh, part of the film, especially until you get some of that back context, sort of plays like a funhouse movie in mm -hmm. the sense that there's like all these different like things going on. There's like a woman that just randomly appears and stuff like that. And then you figure out later on that these are not like really funhouse things so much as they are like showing how uh, messed up, <laughs> like it's real life type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so I actually thought, uh, I, I agree with you that the film did really pack a punch, um, at the end, uh, especially when it does like the one hour before, and then it all started to make sense to me. So maybe knowing that context and reviewing the film, which I'm not going to do anytime soon for sure, um, and seeing those documents, maybe I'd feel a little differently about them. For me, it did feel um, pretty random uh, at the time. Right, and I, and I think it might be even missed by even a, a Chilean audience. I mean, it's more about like if you if you've seen documentaries, if you met someone who actually was in like those torture camps and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, like, <laughs> cause I, I, I took note on, on the, on the bed frame because I was like, that's weird. You wouldn't find that kind of bed in a mansion. Right. Like, that's not right. It. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I, I took note on that because I was like, is it alluding to, um, and I mean, in the common sense, they would, the the military would call that la parrilla, which means the grill pretty gruesome way of calling it but i was like oh are they referring to that and then you you know you find out it's like yeah yeah they are <laughs> they're referring to you know all the little, little, little torture devices that were used um i but one thing i was kind of i was always wondering though if, if it was maybe the wife the woman with the bag because i i figured there was going to be a twist were you ever wondering what who the woman with the bag was um yeah, it seemed to treat her differently the whole time. So I was curious what it was. I, 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 I guess looking back, I, I probably did suspect that there was going to be some sort of twist explaining stuff. I definitely didn't see. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known the clues like you would know the clues of like the bed and stuff like that. So I didn't, uh, I didn't see the actual twist coming uh, mm -hmm. that it would be. I mean, but, I did not. I, I mean, I didn't. I, I thought it might have some relation to that. I thought maybe the cops, maybe he was going to be tortured by the cops at the end. Like, I thought there would be some sort of twist with uh, torture related, tor a torture related twist. I did not think it was going to be him. Yeah, like they could have been like, oh, because you messed up this interrogation, the cops are going to, the cops sent you to this thing and are messing you up or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been, been some twist like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? Um also, it is interesting because cops usually did not partake on on that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which 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 makes sense. I mean, one thing I—that's the other thing I liked about this—is that uh, the uh, it was secret police who partaked partook on 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 all this like torture stuff. Uh, police usually did not. I mean, they might beat the shit out of 
suspects, but uh, they they did not necessarily they were not the element they were not intelligence basically. Mm-hmm. And and I think the movie makes that clear in the sense that this cop is pretty fucking distraught by it. Right, right. It's not normal for him. It's not what he signed up for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you think? The ending was it a happy ending or a bad ending? You mean with the cop killing itself? Yeah. Uh, it, I would not call it a happy ending. Uh, or, but uh, but I mean, wasn't it like it feel almost feels like that was what the cop wanted to do though? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, it felt like a karmic ending, uh, at the very least. Yeah. But well, I guess that that was my question. Do you think it was 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 it karma, or was it like actually him doing what he always wanted to do? Were the ghosts real, uh, or was the was uh, was everything happening in his head? Um. Uh, you know, it's unclear. Uh, I don't know that. I think that's an unanswerable question. Uh, to be frank, uh, to me, it's not obvious. What about you? No, to me it's not obvious either, and I was wondering if you know if that's what's supposed to be left to for people to yeah. think of. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies that leaves you in that sort of in between zone, and some people are really bothered by that. Like I, I think I hear Nathaniel calling in, and he's complaining about it. But personally, I don't I don't care too much. Um, I think the themes are obvious, and what it was going for is obvious. Whether they're actually ghosts in his head or if it's actually happening, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm perfectly fine living in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those are acceptable explanations to me. True, true. Wait, so you were never, you were not upset when um, Inception ended, and you never knew if the the top fell or not. You know, I spend five minutes at the end of each day, right before I go to bed, uh, with uh, with a big whiteboard of Inception stuff, trying to put it together. One of these days, I'm going to get it. <laughs> no, I was not bothered by the end of Inception. All right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, we will never know. I, I do believe that the movie does do a good job exploring at least the, uh, psychological effect on the cop. Uh, you know, the torture that, I mean, the fact that he was, uh, a torturer and that he killed someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy is still called the person who he killed a terrorist, but even then, like he, you know, clearly did not feel good about it. Right, right. Um, which I think it's an interesting perspective to humanize someone like him. It's not like I, I read somewhere I forget where, but uh, it did a comparison between La Llorona and this. Mm-hmm. And I would say, and you know, saying like, "Oh, ghosts, revenge from dictatorship, death." And I was just, and and I kind of disagreed with that. I mean, actually, let me know what you think. So basically, the argument was, or not argument, but the comparison was that both movies are about dictatorships, where ghosts ru- end up ruining uh, a human rights violator or you know, human hmm. rights assailant. Huh. I guess I can see how you could read it that way. Um, to me, I read it as more of like the man is personally destroyed uh, by these things rather than like uh, he needs these external things to come into him because he was already suicidal before he went there. Yeah, it's like 
the uh, the guy in La Llorona is unrepentant, exactly uh, to say the least. Uh, and so he needs that like actual vengeful spirit. Uh, this one, um, this one, uh, I mean, you could make the case as you did earlier that maybe the vengeful spirit is just helping him do what he wanted to do all along. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah, I personally think uh, that distinction I think is important uh, mm-hmm. because I mean. At the end of the day, I feel like this movie humanized this cop uh, mm-hmm. that La, La Llorona did not. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Here's the part where... This is a part of, about this movie, though, that I liked and I did not like. So... All of what we've been discussing is kind of great. But did you watch it all the way through and through the credits? I did, yeah. So you we have this main plot and then you have like two segments of, you know, <laughs> uh, compilings about the house. and Right. It, it's like a different movie. It's like literally from a different movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it uh, yeah, probably should have been cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this director didn't know what he wanted to do, and he was like, "Ah, fuck it, I'll, I, I will stick to yeah. one." But uh, you know, I kind of, I do yeah. think the house is really cool, so I want to have, right. I want to, I want to tell a, a story about the house. It's like he should have done what uh, Clint Eastwood did uh, when uh, when he did those two World War Two movies, Flags of Our Fathers" and "Letters of Iwo Jima." Should have just done two movies with the house. One, it's like a found footage film, and the other one, it's this one. And he should have cut the found footage uh, stuff from this film. Because it, it really had no business being in it. Exactly. And he could have done a very good found footage film. Yeah, it's house. just a different movie. Exactly. It, and it, yeah, it doesn't have the same themes or anything. Yeah, okay. So yeah, we, we pretty much agree on almost everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the strobe light? Too much? Too little? Just right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of strobe light in this film. Yeah, I... I would not have used the strobe light, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. I'm pro strobe light, but it's a it's he uses it for like 20 minutes, and that's like 10 minutes too many. <laughs> I, I feel like it it added uh, a feel of you know the Halloween haunted houses that you go uh, the ones run by like high schoolers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and you but know, it's a little bit to the atmosphere and stuff. I, if you give me the choice of removing it or keeping it, I'm probably keeping it, even though it's like definitely way overdone. Yeah, I, I would have kept a little bit. I mean, it's funny because when when he gets into the into the house, I actually really like the use of uh, the sirens uh, lighting, the sirens light mm-hmm. to illuminate uh, the the hallway. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean by the strobe light. Yeah. yeah, that was effective. But then there are moments where he's literally in a room without any windows, and you would just see like strobe <laughs> lights. And and at that point, I would, I, I would you're say, like, how how what, what, like where's this light coming from? Yeah, that, that would be another Nathaniel moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a plot hole or, here. Yeah, or maybe they can explain that in the found footage film. It's like, why is there a strobe light randomly showing up in in places with no windows? Seriously. Um, besides that, yeah. <laughs> I would say be- besides that, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, 
Yeah, this movie could have done, could have worked, could have gotten a little bit more work. It's highly flawed. It is highly flawed, but it does have some nice things about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't regret watching it. In fact, I might watch it again at some moment. Uh, yeah, nor, nor do I. Um, I. I definitely have to wait a few years before rewatching this. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not bad. Yeah, and and truth be told, uh, you know, this movie has very little dialogue. But uh, from the other films I've seen of uh, this director, I'm very happy this movie had very little dialogue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not his strength. Nope. Nope. Okay. So, and I mean, he he did write this film, so I'm very glad he did not write much dialogue. Um, all right. Uh, what do you rate this movie? Whew, good question. Um, maybe a six and a half. Um, yeah. You know, I was pleasantly surprised with it, but it's by no means a great or maybe even good film. <laughs> but it, it has its moments. It has some very clear pros and cons. What about you? I, yeah, I give it a six and a half. I, I think, you know, for its length, level of entertainment, because, I mean, this movie kept me entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, and its simplicity, I, I think it does its job well. Could it be better? We mentioned yes. <laughs> but, um, I'm, yeah, six and a half. And who won? Oh, man. Uh uh, the actor is the obvious answer, but I will give it to uh, the musical score because I, I thought it was uh, well done. Okay, uh, so Jorge Elguin. Yeah. yeah, so to the director, I guess, but for the musical score specifically. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I will... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give it to the actor, Gabriel Caña. I think uh, uh, with the little amount that he was given, he definitely pulled his weight. Second, yeah, no. Second, I probably mm-hmm. would think of a makeup artist. Yeah, I was tempted there too. Uh, yeah, the creature design and stuff like that. I mean, clearly spent a fair bit of the probably pretty low budget on stuff like that because mm-hmm. some of this movie looks cheap. The creature does not. Right. And uh, the makeup in general, I thought held up well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend this to uh, for other people to watch? I think so. It's not someone that uh, it's definitely so- recommend to someone that's okay watching something that's not Hollywood. Um, but this film has some qualities that I do think are missing in a lot of Hollywood films, mm-hmm. like the claustrophobia that you mentioned a lot at the beginning, and the atmosphere, as well as going with like the the pretty good acting and musical score. I mean, like yeah, I would recommend it to like someone that is interested in horror and is maybe a little bit. Uh, of the festival going crowd and can uh, deal with something that's like a little bit less atypical or a little yeah. bit more atypical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, if you're uh, someone who's looking for to watch something like the conjuring, well, this is not it. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. If you watch this back to back with the conjuring, this is just going to feel even more cheap. I know. Oh, oh yeah, that was the other movie I've seen um, recently. But yes. Uh, anyways, I think you know that's all I can say, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, forty-six minutes on a seventy-minute film. It's like, yeah, probably could should have chopped off the phone call at the beginning. That 
I know. Let's, let's uh, you know, criticize our call. I wish we should have uh, figured out that uh, Google was gonna, you know, screw us over over in the middle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you know, I hope I hope you are interested in this movie, and if you have watched it, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, I think if Jorge Olguin continues doing films like this in the future, uh, I will be more willing to watch his movies. Um, he is, by the way, the, the cheap feel of it, like I feel like all his movies are like that, FYI. Um, all his movies feel cheap for some reason. Um, okay. But yeah. Anyways, um, you know, please, if you have any comments, questions, uh, I guess not questions, but comments, uh, recommendations, uh, whatever, you know, you can always email us at uh, zafilm2film at gmail.com. And um, you can always also hit us on Twitter at zafilm2film. Yep. Thank you all for tuning in. Yep. Have a good night. Ciao. Thank <laughs> you.